spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, the storm is passing over. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the Detroit Mass Choir. And uh, I like that song right there. I I, kind of, you know, know about that right there. I know about that kind of singing. I know about that kind of churching. Yeah, I come from that kind of background, too. And so I thank God for it this morning. Thank God for good gospel music. Thank him for another Monday morning, waking us all up, closing our right minds. We thank him for the use and activities of our limbs. We thank him for our life, our health, and our strength daily. Because without him, we can do nothing. We can't wake ourselves up. We can't keep ourselves safe. We can't keep ourselves healthy. And uh, we might have some medical issues, but we can't keep ourselves going. It's him. And so we thank him this day. Listen, we're going to prayer. And uh, when we come back from prayer, we're going to read a scripture. And uh, after the scripture, we're going to uh, one request, the song of the morning. And uh, our topic today, we're going to talk about this, the new you. Think about that, the new you. Say to yourself, the new me, the new me. Yeah, there's a new you now that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So you was born. When you were born, you was born someone else. And God didn't just make you to accept him when you was born. He let you grow on up and went through some things and made a choice on your own to become his. And once you became his, he made you over again. You was reborn, not from your mother's womb, but of the water and the spirit of God. So we're going to talk about today the new you. And again, said to yourself, the new me? Yeah. And think on this. The first time you encountered receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, go back to where you first received him and take a look at what happened. When you first received him as your Lord and Savior, what took place? How do you know that you received him? Ah, yeah. Hallelujah. So we're moving on. Let's pray, get our scripture, and uh, get another song, and we're going to talk about the new you today. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. We thank you this morning. Thank you for another opportunity to come before you. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Father, that you're always there. Hallelujah. You'll be with us until the end. We thank you this morning for all you've done already, what you're doing right now and what you're going to do. Thank you for a blessed weekend. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. Father, we thank you for thinking of us all the time. You never forget us. And we're grateful unto you. We thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for being closed in our right mind, a mind to remember you. Hallelujah, mind to remember your son, that he is the savior of the world and that we have received him as our Lord and Savior. And Father, without him, we can do nothing. We thank you this morning or for his suffering. We thank you for his bleeding. We thank you for his dying. 
Thank you for his conquering all and rising with all power. Oh, we thank you this morning. We can't say thank you enough. Thank you for that shedding of his blood. Oh, for the blood makes the difference still in our lives every day. Hallelujah. The blood has not lost its power. It yet have power. The blood of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you this morning. We thank you, Father. We thank you. And Father, once we received your son, we became new creatures in you and him. We became your sons and daughters. And this morning, we ask, Father, that you would make us over to be new creation. That, God, you would give us a heart to seek after you for obedience. That, God, we will obey you, obey your word to the last letter. We will believe what your word says. Lord, let nothing separate us from faith in your word and trust in your word this day. Strengthen us, God, that we can grow in you. We need you this morning. We can't make it without you. And, Father, when we ignore your word and we decide to allow the natural man to take over, Father, we're re-crucifying you to the cross. Yeah, you already died for these sins, and we came and asked for forgiveness, but, Father, we're yet committing sin. In some cases, it's iniquity against you. Help us this morning to be your people. Help us to go back and remember that first place where we first received you. Help us to have a well-made-up mind to stay with you. And no matter what goes on in the natural, God, we want to seek you spiritually. For you're a spiritual God. And not only we want to worship you in spirit and in truth, but, Father, we want to walk in your spirit that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. Time is winding up. You're closer and closer to coming back. You're closer to returning for your church without spot or wrinkle. You're coming back for your people, those that love you, those that decided to walk up right before you daily, those that decided to obey you and not their flesh, those that decided to walk in your spirit. Help us today, oh God. Help us to get it right with you. You're more than worthy. Father, you've been good to us, and we turn a deaf ear. To your word. We don't like the truth, many of us. We don't like the truth. For you are the way, the truth, and the life. And Father, you said a liar won't tarry in your sight. So help us to learn to love the truth. And Father, many times the truth hurt. It hurts. Many times people feel embarrassed over the truth. But God, help us to receive the truth and learn to love it. And let our flesh die so that you can live and we can walk in spirit and in truth in every aspect of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we ask it this morning. Father, do it in us because we can't do it in ourselves, but help us to make up our mind to want to do it and want to receive it from you. Help today, O God, in the precious name of Jesus, we ask. And Father, this morning, we Come asking, God, that you would bless every caller and every listener. 
those coming through the archives and the podcast. Lord, move by your spirit for your people today. Every caller, oh God, every listener, bless our families and bless our friends near and far. And Father, this morning I ask it that God, you would regulate the minds of your people. For Lord, all of this start in our minds, in our hearts, fix our hearts, oh God. And again, regulate our minds. Lord, give us new minds. Renew our minds daily. Help us to remember to ask for the renewing of our minds in you daily. That your spirit will lead and guide us in the right path for your name's sake. Not ours, but yours. Help us today, Father, to get it right with you because you're returning. And you wish that none should perish. And Father, if we don't have it right with you, if we're full of spots and wrinkles, we can't go back with you because we won't be yours. If we disobey you, it says witchcraft. Help us this morning. Help us this morning, God. Those of us that are in Lodibar acting as cripples, we're not crippled, God. You healed us the day you saved us. So help us to come up out of Lodibar. Help us to stop acting like we're crippled in our minds. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. And Father, you set us free the day we received your Son. Help us today, O oh God, to live as free agents, free people of God, to talk of your wondrous works, to make known your deeds among the people, to walk in the light so that others can see their way to you. Help us to be that candle that sit up on the hill that can't be hid. Help us to be the salt of the earth. We are the ones that give the earth its savor. Help this morning, oh God. We need you. We need you. Too many of us are saying we have you, but God, the evidence is not there. Too many of us saying that we are yours and you are ours, but Father, the evidence, the results are not there. Help us to have the evidence of you. Help us to have the results that you lead and guide in our lives, that you are the God of our lives. Help us this morning in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you today. We thank you for prayer. We thank you, Lord, that we can make our petition known unto you. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. We thank you this morning. And Father, bless again our family and friends near and far. Move for them as well in the spiritual realm, O oh God, that none would be lost in the name of Jesus. Father, we come this morning asking that you would forgive us for all our sins, all our wrongdoings, our wrong thoughts, our wrong speakings, and our wrong feelings. And though our sins be as scarlet today, Father, we ask that you would wash us as white as snow. Cleanse us this morning from all unrighteousness. Father, you said we know it's wrong and we do it. It's no longer wrongdoing. It's a sin. So we are asking that you would forgive us and put it as far as the east is from the west. In the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for forgiveness. We thank you for looking beyond our fault and yet meeting our needs. We thank you this morning for being on our side in spite of us. Oh, we give you glory and honor this morning for forgiving us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, we thank you today. Father, we are grateful for a new mind this morning, 
a mind to serve you, a mind to obey you. Thank you, Father. We come this morning bringing those that are sick before you. And Father, we ask that you would heal. You took a beating for the healing of the nation. There's yet healing in the hem of your garment. And as we press in this day to touch the hem of your garment, Lord, we're touching that we'll be made whole in the name of Jesus. Uh, We'll be made whole spiritually, physically, and mentally this day in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your healing power. You heal all manner of sickness and disease. Oh, with your stripes this morning, we are already healed. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, help us to believe for our healing today, O oh God. Oh, we thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we come this morning asking that God you would bless those that are incarcerated. And God, especially the brethren, Lord, bless this morning. Encourage them today, O oh God. Move by your spirit for them. Open doors and make ways for them. Those that should be released today, oh God, set them free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless their families. Strengthen them, oh God, uh, because they're locked up as well. Do it today in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we bring before you those that are in every branch of the military and the administration of our military, oh God, we bring it before you. And ask this morning that, God, you would bless, strengthen, lead, and guide. Show them what to do, O oh God. Keep them safe from all hurt, harm, or danger. Bless their family and friends, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Bless widowers and bereaved families, intercessory prayer people, God. Preachers everywhere. Preaching in the name of Jesus in obedience unto you and love for your people. Or move for them this morning in a mighty way. Remind them that you're coming back looking for the church. Remind them that all they have preached and taught, Lord, to make sure it was of you. And God, if they need to repent for anything, put it on their hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you this morning, Father. Thank you. And Father, we bring widows and bereaved and those that are going through this morning, family and friends and the law, the loved one they lost, God, I wanted to come back to this and ask that you would move in a mighty way uh, for these your people. Strengthen them in this hour in the name of Jesus. Continue to bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem, O oh God. Lucia protecting angels to continue to stand watch to shield and protect them. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. Father, you know what they need. Move by your spirit for these your people. In the name of Jesus. Father, you said we'll prosper if we love them. And we love them this morning. And Father, we want what is best for them this day. Move in a mighty way, oh God. Show them that you're yet almighty God. And that you have people who love them. Remember our brothers and sisters everywhere overseas, oh God. Strengthen the brethren. Remind them of the truth. Remind them that you're the way and that you're the life, that you're returning. It's not about just church going. It's not about just talking about you. But, Father, it's about living according to your word. Stir up the gifts in your people that they will come to you in spirit and in truth. In the name of Jesus, we ask this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. And, Father, remember those brothers and sisters overseas 
who can't talk about you out loud, who can't mention the Bible, who can't have Bible study in the open. Lord, have mercy this morning. And God, strengthen them and loose your protecting angels to stand watch, to shield and protect them. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. In the name of Jesus, Father, all our brothers and sisters overseas, move today for their children, for their households, O oh God, for their churches, for their ministries. Or in the name of Jesus, we ask and we thank you this morning. Fathers, remember America and the leadership of America. Continue to have mercy. Let your grace abound. And Father, I ask that you would touch our hearts and minds, every American. And Lord, turn us back to you. Turn our leadership back to you. Father, remind them without you, they can do nothing. Remind them this morning that you're returning and you'll be looking for the church without spot or wrinkle. It makes no difference what office a man or woman holds. It, it makes no difference what power they hold on the earth because you're all powerful. You're all knowing. You're an all wise God. There's no higher power than yours. God help our leadership this morning. In the name of Jesus, turn them around for your good, oh God, for their good. Turn them around. Bless their families and their friends. Move in a mighty way today. In the name of Jesus, we ask it all. And Father, today we ask that you would bless this segment of Jesus in the morning. Have your way here. Move by your spirit here today, O oh God. Bless your people. These are your people, God. They belong to you. And Lord, you know more than they know or I could ever imagine what they stand in the need of. And, Lord, I ask that you would send it their way today in the name of Jesus. For this is yours today, O oh God, and every day. This is yours. You put this together. I'm just a vessel that you can use here. So we ask it this morning that you would have your way. Hallelujah. Leading God today. In the name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you this morning for hearing, Father. Hey, God, we thank you. Hey, we thank you for hearing us this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the mind and the heart to seek you for the spiritual things we need from you. Lord, we know that your spirit is indeed willing, but it's our flesh that's weak. And we want to live right. We want to accept the truth no matter how it comes or what it's about. And, Father, we want to walk up right before you daily. When no one else is around, we desire to please you. Father, we want to do what's the things that you accept. We know that you're a holy and righteous God. And, Father, you just don't accept any and every old thing. If it comes to you, God, and it's unclean, if it comes in sincerity, you'll clean it up. Help us today to be fishes of men. Oh, help us, Lord. We stand in the need of you for time again is winding up. And, Lord, we want to be ready when you come. Help us to watch our surroundings and even the people that we deal with. Help us to be careful, oh, God. Watch as well as pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you the honor. And, Father, this morning we give you the praise again. And we thank you. We can't thank you enough. We thank you. Oh, we appreciate you. We love you today, Father. We love you because it was you who first loved us. Thank you, Father. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, there's none like you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful unto him this morning because when the Lord speaks, it's time to obey what he has said. Not what I think, not what I want to obey, but it is time to obey him because without him, we can do nothing. And if he brings it to your spirit, and a lot of times we don't know it's him, you know, we think it's us. But he said, my sheep know my voice, and the stranger they will not follow. So when this thing come to us, and, and it's just keep pressing on us, we can't get away from it. Every, every time we turn around, it's right there. It keeps coming back. We may forget, but then we'll remember. We forget again, and then we'll remember. It's time to act on that very thing. He may say, you know, well, it may come to you in this way. You know, I need to call Sharon. I feel like just calling Sharon, talking to her. Let me see what she's doing. That's his way to get you to call her to check on her. When you check on Sharon, Sharon is sick. A Sharon family is going through a hardship. Uh, Someone may have passed in Sharon's family. And she was so, you know, out of it because she lost a loved one, she didn't remember to call anybody to share with them that she had lost her loved one. Yeah. But when you call, you got to hear that she lost a loved one. This is your opportunity to pray with Sharon. Pray for Sharon's family. Hallelujah. This is what pleases God, is that we love one another and that we're there for one another. And you hear me say all the time, the spirit of the Lord spoke to him, or God spoke to him. And people, a lot of times, they don't believe that. But my sheep, listen to me this morning. My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. Once you communicate with the Lord, you know, since 1993, I've had communication with him, fellowship with him. Yeah, I talked to him, and he talked back. It's not always an audio voice that I hear. I don't always hear audio. It comes up in my spirit. Because, see, I'm no longer my own. I was bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. I gave my heart to him. Ask him to come in that heart and live forever. <laughs> I had a well-made-up mind. For God, I live, or for God, I'll die. No matter what it takes, I'm going to stay with him if I find out that he is real. If When I find out that God is real, I'm going to stay with him. I found out for myself that he was real. And I wanted to be just as real in him as he is real. Now, look, people call me crazy. People talked about me. They said I was strange. I was weird. All kind of things. But I knew for myself, beyond any shadow of a doubt, it was God. I found him. I began to build a personal relationship with him. And daily, I remember he's returning. I know not the day nor the hour. This is why I get up every morning to obey. 
This is my calling. This is one of my callings. Yeah, because see, the harvest is plenteous and the labors are few. And I pray that the Lord of the harvest will send more laborers. But I remind God, please don't forget what you called and chose me to do. Because he called me and he chose me. And how I know is because many things I'm doing, others don't. I was chosen for that field or that position or those things that I'm doing, that ministry. Yeah, some people call them auxiliaries, but I know it's ministry for me. Hallelujah. So we, we, we build with him. You build a relationship with him. And this is how you're going to know when he's speaking in your spirit, because he lives in you and your spirit, his spirit should be in you. And if you, you're not sure, then we need to take you back to the altar so you can make sure you have the spirit of God living in you and that, that, that his son Jesus has set you free. Because if you accepted him, he set you free from sin and bondage if you want to be. You don't have to do anything. At one point, I was in bondage. And my daddy was the devil. I had to obey because I didn't have nothing to keep me from it. But once I found out I have a heavenly father, and once I found out if I accept his son, I'm accepting him, and that his son would set me free. And I believed on the son. Guess what? If I continue to obey, I have eternal life. Guess what I found out? I don't have to do anything I don't want to do except forgive God what I'm supposed to. Obedience. Sacrifice. Love each other because you're his people. He teaches me to love. He even teaches me to love my enemies. So guess what? It's the new day for me. <laughs> the new me. Our topic this morning is the new you. So today there's a new Barbara. I'm not the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm grateful unto him this morning. I think we'll do the song and then come back and read the scripture and uh, move on from there. We're going with Mr. Billy Preston this morning, and the title of this one is You Can't Beat God's Giving. And I tell you, no matter how hard you try, you can't beat his giving because he gave his only begotten son. We cannot top that. If I gave my oldest son Lonnie, it would not out top what God can give because the son that God gave, he never committed a sin. He and his father are one. Hallelujah. How about that? I'm grateful to him this morning. So let's hear a little bit of Billy Preston.
more than just a radio. This is Jesus in the Morning Radio, spreading the good news of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mr. Billy Preston, I want to you can't beat God's giving no matter how hard you try. Yeah, because the more we give, the more he gives to us. We just have to keep giving. And I tell you, you know, a lot of times people um, will say, well, you know, I love them, but they don't love me. Keep loving. Keep loving. Listen, we go into the scripture. When I um, first come to the Lord and everything, my family, they couldn't receive that. (laughs) What? That he even saved? Oh, no, she's not. You know, so, you know, different ones would try different things to see. What would I do? What would this new creature in Christ do if you did old things to me? I did absolutely nothing. As a matter of fact, a lot of things they did, I didn't even, I didn't get upset. Well, the old Barbara would have gotten upset, would have said some very ugly words, and was ready to physically fight. Yes. And a lot of people have told me today, they was like, no, I couldn't see you like that. Yeah, I know. Because if any man be in Christ today, Brother Louis, he's a new creature. Old things has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I'm new in Jesus. I'm not that same old Barbara. Listen, I mean, the slightest little thing, and I would use ugly words. They call them cuss words. I'm talking about at the slightest. And sometimes it was nothing done. It was just the the words that I chose to use. And one day, even my youngest brother said, he said, look, you went to school. Is that the only vocabulary you have? Because it appears you've forgotten the vocabulary they taught you in school. You're just using any old words. And it sounds so bad, I don't care. That was my attitude. I don't care. No, I was in bondage to sin. And I could not change me. Only God could change me, you see. I really didn't want to do all of that. I really didn't want to say all of those ugly words. But I couldn't stop me. I had no power over me. I let the devil in and I allowed him to use me. Oh, but when I found God, hallelujah, he became my heavenly father. I accepted his son, Jesus Christ, and he became my Lord and Savior. I was set free. I was no longer in bondage to sin. I, I didn't have to cuss anymore. You know, I didn't have to do the bad things that I was doing anymore. I didn't have to lay up with me and I wasn't married to. Yeah. I, I began to study the word and it taught me don't let fornication be once named among you. So that's what God said, so I obey you. A lot of things wasn't easy now. I can't tell you, oh, I just overnight I just became such an angel. No, I can't tell you that. The struggle was real. <laughs> So I wasn't fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities, wickedness, and high places, rulers of the darkness. Yeah, I was fighting against some things. But then I found out 
I could put on the whole armor of God that I could stand against the wiles of the devil. Yeah, I could, I could remember what his words say and stand on his word and after standing, stand some more. Sometimes I didn't have to fight. All I had to do was stand. And many times in the places where I felt I had to fight, I would feel God come in. And he would fight the battle for me. And guess what? Before I started the fight, it was already won. Yeah, I was already a winner. I just had to believe what his word said concerning me. And everything just come out good for me. Yeah. I can't tell you what's some hard days. I can't tell you what's some dog days. But I can tell you this. With him, all things are possible. Yeah. Hallelujah. New is good, Brother Lewis. New is good. You know, new in many cases is better than old. If I got new, it's going to last me a little bit longer. Yeah. When I first got my new truck, I knew that I could have this truck for a while without having repairs done. Now, of course, I knew I had to have the oil changed. You know, check the air in the tires, make sure water was in it, coolant was in it, and these type of things. But I didn't have to have a transmission in the next year. I didn't have to put an engine in it. In it. You know, nothing major. New is good. Hallelujah. And in some cases, old is good. But we got to make sure it's the right kind of old. But today we're talking about the new you. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians. And I'm looking at chapter 5. And we're going to pay really close attention to verse 17. But we're going to start with verse 1 and read down a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at that first verse, it says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So what that tell me is this. Our bodies, it, it's not really of the earth. It's, it's, it's an earthly house, and it says we were to know, and if we seek God, God is going to share with us. Verse 1 says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, if it disappeared, if it went away, we have a building of God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. I can lose this house that I live in. And many people are just excited. I'm buying a house now. I bought a house. I bought a house. I own my home. I own my home. People are excited about that. When I asked for a house, I, I, I didn't say I want to own my home, Lord. I, I told him I wanted a house. I prayed for a house. He bought the house. He bought a house for me. I picked out the house he paid for. But it's an earthly house on the earth. And this is not my home. This is just a place 
with a roof over my head to keep the wind and the rain out, the heat and the dust. You know, it is a place where I can shower, I can sleep in peace and, and feel safe. But I need another house. I need a house that's not made with hands. I need the house of God. Eternal in the heavens. When I leave here and wake up again, I'm going to be judged. See, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after death comes the judgment. So after judgment, I need a place to live. He sent his son Jesus back to prepare a place for me. And every believer, that where he is, his son Jesus, we may be also. So we shouldn't get all hyped up in these earthly vessels of a house, these earthly houses, you know. But we should get caught up into the spiritual housing of God. I'm a vessel today that God can use. And it's no point in me out here acting as if I'm all of that. Oh, I'm Barbara the Great. No. I'm Barbara the Humble. I'm Barbara that want to stay at the feet of Jesus. Hey, glory. Mm. Stay at his feet. I don't even want to look at his ankles. I just want to stay humbly at his feet. I realize even my righteousness is as filthy right. There's no great thing in me other than Jesus. He's the greatest thing, and his word, God's word, those are the two greatest things that are in me. Outside of that, I don't know. And anything good that I've done, God did it through me. I can't take his glory. I can't act like I know it all. Oh, I got it. No, I don't. I need him daily. I walk with him. Hey, to get to where I got to go, I got to go with him. And he must lead the way. And verse 2 says, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. That is true. Many days I want to be there. I don't want to be here. When I, I Many days I see what happened to children. I see what happened to women. I, I, I've seen what some men go through. I don't want to be here. I want to be with him. Because we're going to find out, even in this scripture, that to be absent from this body is to be present with him. If his son lives in your heart, if his spirit is living in you, if you are obedient unto his word, if you believe in truth, because he's the way, the truth, and the life, so if you believe in truth, you're going to live a life that's pleasing unto him. And what better God to please than to, than to please him? It says, well, in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Verse 3 says, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. I'm not naked. I'm clothed. And guess what? I have clout. I have clout in heaven. I can call upon the name of the Lord. He's coming to see what I'm talking about. 
He's coming to see what's going on. When I pray for others, he's going over there to take care of it. Sometimes he don't go, he speaks the word. Sometimes I say, Lord, send your anointing through the house to fix anything that's not of you over there. He's going to do that because I'm not selfish. I'm not just praying for me and my children, me and my grandchildren, me and my family, me and my ministry. Uh-uh. There's so many others to pray for. There's so many other things to pray for. Hallelujah. Man ought to always pray and not faint. He says pray without ceasing. There's always something to pray for. Yeah. On my way to the prison yesterday, I'm driving. I'm praying. I'm thanking him. Yeah. Why? He made me a safe way to get there and a safe way to get back. And I thought when I got home, I would make Sunday dinner for myself. Got home, I had to make no Sunday dinner. I went and I ate what I wanted to eat, which was healthy for me. You take care of his business, he will take care of yours. But it all starts with faith. We come to God, the believers come to God because we believe. And we believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeks. Him, hallelujah. First four says this uh, of Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. See, we, we groan and, and we burden because we see the things that are going on, I was sharing at the prison yesterday how there is so much evil and so many crazy things going on. And the church appears not to have a rightful place because the church is trying to become the world. What they try and do is bring the world will bring God, brother, into the ways of the world so that he will accept what the world is doing and bless all worldly stuff. But that's not what we can do because he's not a worldly God. He's a spiritual God. He's a holy and righteous God. Think on these things now. Holy and righteous. And we know the world not to be that way. So what it appears the church is trying to do is bring God into the world. But we must bring the world into God. See, we're trying to look like the world, dress like the world, talk like the world, act like the world, uh, have the church doing church business like the world business. That won't fly with God. Like God is stupid. Like he don't know what his word says. Like he didn't understand. He put things in this word so that we could remain safe. He put things in this word that if we'll follow these, what he said, what he inspired man to write for us, the instructions, one day we'll get to see him for who he really is. One day we'll get to go back to him. We'll be in this house, this heavenly, eternal house that's not made by hands, in the eternal 
in the heaven. We'll be able to be there. But we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed. So we're not going to be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. This life I'm living now, I was living, I should say, it, 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 it had to go. I had to let the old life go. There was no good thing. I wasn't going to make it. I wasn't going to make it. Had I held on to that other life, the old life, I needed a new life. I had to have a new life. The only way I could have it to be born again was of the water and the spirit of God. I had to come to God. Now, at the time, I didn't know. But he had a purpose and a plan for my life before I was born. You often hear me say this. He didn't wait until the day he decided to put me in my mother's womb. He didn't wait until that day and say, mm, well, I done created a barber. Let me see what I'll do with her. No, no, no. He already had a purpose and a plan for my life. Yeah. Verse 5 says this. Now he that has wrought us for the self-same thing is God, who also has given us, given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Listen. God gave this to us. He gave us a way to be saved. He gave us a way to have his Spirit. He gave us a way to have faith and believe on him and in him. He had a way for all of these things that even we could go back with him when he comes. That there's a house that's made and not made by hands in heaven for us. Yes, we're going to get aggravated, frustrated. We're going to groan. We're a burden. But we won't become unlike God. Mortality will be swallowed up of this life, but there's a new life we're living now. There's a new home that we're going to. This is our workstation. We're here to work. One day our work here is going to be done. We will clock out for the last time. And once we clock out for the last time, we're going on to be with the Lord. And it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. Now, he that has wrought us for the self-same thing is God, who also has given us the earnest of his spirit. We earnestly have his spirit. Those of us that receive. I was converted first. I was converted. I had a change of mind about a lot of things, mainly that dirty cussing. Uh, kind of laying with men that I wasn't married to. But I sincerely and honestly prayed Spirit of God to live in me, for me to receive his spirit. Give me the gift of your spirit, Lord. Now, when he gave me the gift of his spirit, guess what? Those hard things went away. I no longer desired to lay up with me and I wasn't married to. The cussing had already gone. I was still somewhat battling with sleeping around. But when the spirit fully came, that went. 
and a number of other things. The desire for illegal monies. All of these things just walk right on out of my life. Hallelujah. And I do not miss them, did not miss them. God opened another door where I didn't have to do illegal stuff to win. Verse 6 says, therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while as we are at home in the body, we are present from the Lord. Listen, if we confident in God, see, we, we got to pray for a stable mind. Let the, and mean it. I mean, you got to mean it from a sincere heart. Let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. Father, you gave me power, you gave me love, and you gave me a sound mind. Let these things come up in me. Let the evidence, the results of these things show through me, God. Because we got a whole bunch of people saying, I'm a believer. I got God. I know God. But the, the evidence is not proven that's what you have. The evidence is proven sometimes you, you, you talk about it, but all the time you're not living it. Talking about it is one thing. Living it is another. If you go over there to James, he's going to tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, James is summing it up for you now. And we might go there to look at that. Because James clearly says, don't just be a hearer. In other words, a knower of the word, be a doer. And don't do it sometimes. You got to do it all the time. If not, the enemy will come in and we know the devil come to steal, to kill, and destroy. I'm not going to accept what the devil giving me. I don't eat devil eggs. I don't eat devil food cake. Uh-uh, I don't eat that. Anything is named on, I want none of it. I eat Angel eggs or stuffed eggs. I eat double chocolate cake. Because the devil is not playing. He don't rest. He don't do what so many believers does. He don't take a break. He don't lay down his evil ways and then pick them back up. No, he stay on the grind. He stay on the job full time. So therefore, we are always competent. How do I become confident in God? I increase my faith. I increase my trust. When a trial comes, I don't cry and turn it off, but I stand. And after standing, I'm standing I'm, because I'm standing on the word of God. I run to the word of God for everything. I run to God for everything. I run in prayer for everything. I run through his word for everything to get the answer. I don't want to hear what Dr. Phil got to say. I don't want to hear what Oprah says. I don't need no talk show hosts. I need the spirit of God leading and guiding. I need God to speak in my spirit and tell me what to do. If he's speaking my ear, tell me what to do. Lord, let me hear your audio voice if I need to because I want to know the right thing to do. What would please you? Because there are so many things we could do in the natural, but it's not pleasing unto God. It may be pleasing unto our flesh, but it's not pleasing unto God. So we want to be confident knowing this, knowing that while we are at home in the body, means your physical body, while you in that physical body, we are absent from the Lord. 
We're not with him yet. We're not there yet. Verse 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk believing in the spirit of God. We walk believing the word of God. We walk believing God. He's our everything. He's our all. He's not just the center of our joy. He's the beginning. He's the center and he's the end. He's our everything. He's our first and our last. But we walk by faith, not by sight. See, we're looking at too much. We're trying to figure it out. God already had it worked out. He gave 66 books so we'll know he already got it worked out. I don't have to work it out. Now, he may come to me and tell me, Barbara, uh, I need you to go to the prison. He didn't even say which prison. Guess what? Lake Butler come up. Lake Butler come up right up the street. A good 35, 40-minute drive from me, 45 at the most. And I'm at the prison. My job was to accept what he allowed. My job was to believe it was him. I didn't care which prison. I just wanted to go back in the prison system and be a blessing where I could. Hallelujah. So we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. You walk and believe in God, not, not seeing where you're going. You don't know where you're going, but you're following Jesus by faith. And you're not following him because he'll feed you, he pay bills, he heal the sick, he gives sight to the blind, he raised the dead. We're not just simply following him for those things, but we're following him to live upright before the Father. We're following him to get it right so that when God sends back, we can go back. When God comes back, we can go back. Before he even comes all the way, he, 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 he coming to judge, he going to choose some people. I'm going to be one of them people. I want to be one of the ones who come back to judge the world. But I got to first get all the wrinkles and the spots out of me. I got to love those that appear to be unlovable. I got to pray for my enemies and love them. I got to help somebody. Nobody else won't help them. Everybody else complaining. I'm the one that'll go in and help. I'm not following the world. I'm not following what church people do. I'm following the instructions of Almighty God. That way, I did what you said, Lord. Not what the preacher said and what the church people thought. Because, you know, people can get together and convince one another. But I want to be confident in God. I want to be confident in his word. Verse 8 says, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You understand that? If I die today, I'm going to be present with the Lord because this old natural body died, but my spiritual body is yet living. All my life is hid in him today. Hallelujah. Verse 9 says, wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Did you hear that? 
In other words, for me, whether I'm here in this natural body or the natural body done died and only my spiritual body is living, I want to be accepted of him. The day in this natural body with his spirit living in my heart, I want to be accepted of him. I'm going to be accepted of him. I must accept what he allows. I must love him. And see, today too many don't like the truth. Too many so-called believers, they say they believe it, but they hate the truth. Because the truth hurts. Sometimes it's embarrassing. But if we learn to have faith in God, if we learn to walk by faith and not by sight, if we learn to trust God with every aspect of our life, he will work it out for us. We don't have to worry about what people think about us, what people say about us. And we can separate ourselves from those we should be separated from. Because birds of a feather flock together. Association bring on, uh, 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 yeah, assimilation. We're going to begin to do what they do. We're going to begin to look like them if they're not of God, if they're worldly. I don't care about it being your family. I had to cut some of mine or lose all the way. I had to separate myself from my own children, grandchildren. Because either you're going to walk upright for God or you're not going to walk with me. I love him. Late in the midnight hour, he's here. You somewhere else. When things go bad, many times I can't call on you because you don't have the answer. You can't fix this. Only a God can, an almighty God, Jehovah, that have all power. So I have to separate myself from you so that I can continue to walk upright before him. Because I must walk in the spirit that I don't fulfill the lust of my flesh. I walk by faith and not by sight. I'm walking in him. He's leading me. He's guiding me to the right places for his name's sake. And see, his name is on it, so he's not going to lead you in anything deadly. He's not going to lead you in anything evil or bad. He's not that kind of God. So you got to learn to trust the good God. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says, for we must all appear. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. See, we forget this many times. I know the believers, they forget this. They're just running and going and doing. Some people cleaning the church. They uh, fixing the church. They doing decorating the church. They setting up for the anniversary. They set, oh, they just got it going on in the building. Verse 10 says, we, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Did you hear that? I'm going to read it once more. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, 
whether it be good or evil. Look now. You even taught us about fornication. I come to this because I, I, I share with a lot of preachers about this because men have some real problems. Women do too, but sometimes it appears men have a more severe problem. But anyway, listen. The scripture says, don't let fornication be once named among you. It also talks about when you fornicate, not only do you sin against God, but you sin against your own body. How many know if you drink enough liquor long enough, you're going to have a liver problem? Uh, If you take enough medications, you're going to have kidney problems. If you've been diagnosed with diabetes and you don't take care of it right, you're going to end up with kidney problems. They're going to end up putting you on dialysis or you die or some stuff. A lot of times we sin and we don't repent. A lot of times we still doing the same, some of the old things we did when we were the old man, it comes up in our body. He said that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that, he has done, whether it be good or bad. Now, that's the, that's the word, the word of God. You can't hold it against me. I wasn't there when God inspired man to write it. But I do believe it this morning. I truly believe the word. 11 says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Look at this. We persuade men. The apostles, God sent them out. He used Apostle Paul to teach. Peter, he used different ones. John, he didn't use different ones to teach us the word. To share his word. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And our trust also are made manifest in your conscience. I hope things I have said here resonate in your conscience. I hope you go to do some things and you say, oh, oh, Barbara said this and that. Oh, I found it in the scripture. She said it, and then I, I found it in the scripture. Good morning, Apostle. God bless you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This is what I hope it does for you. I hope it come back to your members, and I hope it just, you know, jar your memory, and, and, and you're like, no, I can't do it now. I can't do it. Lord, forgive me. Lord, have mercy upon me. Because, see, we see Jesus right now as this. Savior, and he's sweet. Oh, he's so sweet. He's good. He's faithful. He's kind. He's merciful. He's loving. Oh, my goodness. Soft as cotton. Hallelujah. But there's a day coming when you're going to get to see he's no joke. He don't play the radio. When it comes to the things of the Father, he's about the Father's business. He's serious. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. That's how 11 starts off. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. We persuade me. But we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. 
I'm trusting that what I tell you, you, you're listening and you're going to do something about it. You're not just going to keep walking in your flesh and have your own way of doing things when God done spoke. And know what? You're, you're held accountable for it now. If you didn't hear, it would be a, one thing, but you heard. So you're accountable for what you hear. You're accountable for what God said. Not for what Barbara said. You don't have to do what I say. Please believe me. But what God has said, oh, yeah, you're accountable. Especially you say, I'm a believer. I received him. I know God for myself. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And if you know him, you're responsible. You got to give account of your actions. He calling every one of us before the judgment seat. And we got to give account for what we've done. Hallelujah. Verse 12 says, For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. You're going to run into them church people. I'm going to leave it at that. I, I brought the word to you. And, you know, give you occasion to glory on your behalf, on your own behalf. Yeah. Because when you run into them other ones, you can tell them, you know, God is and he saved me and whatever you want to tell them. Not just dress the part, not just look the part. But let what you do come from your heart. Let what you say come from your heart. What you do for God, let it come from your heart. What you do for your brothers and sisters in Christ, love from your heart. Don't appear to be. Be it. The streets have a, a saying. Yeah. The world have a saying. Don't be about it. I mean, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. In other words, don't say what you're going to do. Do it. So don't appear to be. Let it be real. 13 says, for whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Because sometimes you think, you know, oh, she besides herself. She thinks she all of that. Now, it is God who makes me look good. I can't make myself look good. I have to remain humble. And because I don't think more of myself than I ought to, God show up and he do it. He does it. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. I come with a sober mind to share the goodness of God with you, for you. And because I'm willing to come and share him with you, he blesses me. <laughs> He's that kind of God. 14 says, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one die for all, then we're all dead. For the love of Christ constrains us. It keeps us back. It, it holds us into a certain place. We just can't get loose and just do all kind of stuff. Because we thus judge. 
We, we judge. That if one died for all, then we're all dead. 15 says, and that he died for all. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Thank you, Jesus. But unto him which died for them and rose again. Look, and he, and that he died for all. He died for all of us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. I don't want to live unto me. I want to live unto God. It was him that saved me. It was him that gave me this new life. It was him that made me the new creature in Christ. It's him that's keeping me going. He's keeping me breathing. He, 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 he feeds me. He takes good care of me. He heals me when I'm sick. I want to live unto him. Because he died for me and rose again for me. 15 said, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. We should be living unto God, unto Jesus Christ, so that the mediator can take our petitions to the Father. But no, we'd rather live unto the flesh. We'd rather believe a lie than the truth. And that flesh want to be pleased. Y'all better hear me when I tell you. Church folks walking around looking like the world. You don't know who who and what's what. And then all of a sudden they come out the bag. Well, honey, have you prayed? Prayed? Girl, I thought you was one of us. You looking like us, acting like us. I thought you was trying to imitate Beyonce. I thought you was trying to imitate Lil' Kim, Remy Ma, or somebody. Some of the other ones, I don't even know all their names out here. What the girl name with the little eyes? Somebody. Yeah, I thought you was, you know, trying to mimic them. The way they dress and the way they wear their braids and this and that. Yeah. 16 says, wherefore, henceforth, (laughs) know we no man after the flesh. I don't want to know you after the flesh. Yeah, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Guess what? He no longer flesh and blood. He went on back to be the spirit. Because the words that he said on the right hand of the Father. Ain't no flesh sitting in heaven. Ain't no flesh sitting on the side of God. We don't know him in his flesh no more. But he told us to know no man after the flesh. But sometimes that's all man gives you, is the flesh. How can I get spirit out of that? Oh, you told me who you was, and you told me, and I believe what you said, because that's what you told me. But just because you told me that, it don't make it to be true. And because I believe what you said, it don't make it be true. Because the Lord going to come up and show the truth to me. And he has, and he does. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now, here it is, that main verse we were looking at. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, I'm going to read that again, because I know those that say they believe and they confuse and they 
walking more in the flesh than the spirit. They don't understand. And sometimes you got to stay at that altar until God fully deliver you. But we the people that like to get up without a foundation. We we rush it. We ain't got time to lay that foundation. It's going to take too long for the foundation to dry. So we moving quick. They done poured the concrete, the cement, but it's taking too long to dry. So, I, hey, put some wood up. I'm going to the next floor. But this is what it says. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If you're in Christ, now God done created you anew. You're brand new. And the reason I call you brand new, you're the brand of God now. You knew. Well, what does that mean, Barbara? You got to change your heart and mind. You don't even think the same. Even when the old thoughts, some of them come up, you get disgusted with it. Some days you go back and you hate yourself. Some days they come up, you get angry with yourself. You get frustrated. I did. Why would I do that? Because you was an old man without God. It's the Holy Ghost that keeps a man or a woman. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit of God living in us, how can you be kept? You can't. You're in bondage to sin. Your dad is the devil. And you're going to obey. People have died trying to prove a point. Had not they been in bondage, and their daddy wasn't a devil, then guess what? They wouldn't have died. Because you said this to me, I wouldn't have said nothing to you. I would have walked away from the fight. But I got to show the world I know wimp. I got to show the world I'm not weak. And you're not going to disrespect me and you're dead now. But this new creature, it'll cause you to walk away. This new creature will cause you to say soft things that turn away a rough answer. They came to you with some craziness. You didn't have no craziness to say back. You're a new creature. You used to like to party. You accepted Christ. You don't want to party no more because you're a new creature in him. You couldn't put the bottle down. You've accepted him. Now you're able to just say no to the drinks. I don't have to have no drinks. And I'm praying and asking God to heal my mind. It all starts with our mind. You used to snort powder. You used to shoot a uh, 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 heron. You you was a peel head. You love marijuana. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You put them old things down. And you're walking like a new creation of God. It says old things are passed away now. That's what it says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. So if old things passed away, how are you still doing still doing the old thing? How are you still dressing like you dressed when you was in the world? Oh, they don't like me around here. How are you still cussing? New creature. 
Are you still living with men that you're not married to, living with women that you're not married to, going on dates? Are you doing all of this? You do all of this and you don't die, so you think God is all right with it. And the preachers nowadays, these new wave, new age people, they teaching you it's all right. And you coming up with sermons in yourself that's way far away from God. Because the flesh and the spirit are always at war with one another. But the one that pleases your flesh, that's the one you go with. Because you're going to serve it too. And whichever one is greater in you, that's the one you're going to serve. But I'm seeing too much flesh in people. It's my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. I know what he said, but I'm going to do this. I don't like that. But see, I know what the scriptures say, but I like this. Okay. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You're not doing that old stuff no more. You're doing the new. If you still liking that old stuff and doing that old stuff, you got to go back to the altar and make sure you got God because something is missing. Something is lacking in there. Listen. Listen at what it says. Therefore, now this is, if any man, he said if, because he knew, uh-uh, everybody wasn't going to be there. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. But you got to be in Christ to be the new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things, it says. It didn't say some things. It said all. But you got to make sure you got Christ. I mean, many people that talk about it. They honor God with the lips, but the heart be far from him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's a way that seem right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I want you to understand this morning. Make sure you got Jesus today. Make sure you went to the altar and repented. Repent unto God. Let him know you godly silent. Ask him to come into your heart and live forever. Tell him you believe this morning. You believe that he's almighty God that have all power. There's no higher power. You believe that he so loved the world. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever would believe on him won't perish, but have everlasting life. And after this, begin, continue when you get home, when you, when you get up off from doing this prayer, when, when, when you just know that now I'm saved, I want you to continue to confess to God. Because we like to house sin. We like to harbor sin. We like to keep it hid. We like to sweep it under the rug. We don't like to bring it out loud. But this new creature, all things are become new. It loves the truth. Because, see, the truth shines the light in darkness. And in a part of your life that's in darkness, this truth shines the light, and you can come to the light. But if you 
don't like the truth, and then that light, the light shine in darkness, but the darkness are comprehended not. So your heart has to be willing to receive and accept the truth. I've had people tell me, Barbara, that you teach nobody can live that. You're lying. The truth is not in you. Jesus lived it. He came in the flesh to show me I could live it, and you can too. And it don't make us better than nobody. It makes us love people. It makes us wish that none should perish. But we know the truth, and the truth is what set me free. And now I'm able to tell the truth and accept the truth. 18 says this, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us to himself by his son, Jesus Christ. So we knew creatures while we still doing the same thing. We knew creatures while we still acting a fool. We knew creatures while we still believing what the world say. We knew creatures while we still watching the news. We knew creatures while we still believing what the devil telling us. Why we even entertain the devil? Why we keep gossiping? Why we keep dealing with these people who don't love us? We got to love them, but because you love them, you don't have to associate. Cut them off. Leave them alone. Go on so that you can be blessed. A lot of us holding on to things that's holding us back from being who we should be in God. God done called many, but they can't come out. Because they won't let God reconcile them. They won't let him reconcile them. They won't let him make them over again. He's a a forgiving, kind, merciful, and loving God. But that spirit of not letting God reconcile you, the spirit of your flesh, won't let you forgive yourself because you're not walking in the spirit of God. You're walking in the spirit of flesh. You got to turn that flesh loose. Let that flesh die. You got to find a way to let the flesh die. You got to go on and bury it. Go and throw the last rose on top of the, the grave and walk away. No mourning for it. You don't need to mourn. You need to rejoice now because the old man is dead. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm talking about the new you. I'm talking about the new me. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Guess what? Anytime I step out of line, I can be reconciled. How is that, Barbara? I repent. I didn't do it on purpose. You know, I I, I didn't think about a man I've been with before sexually and thought about it again. It wasn't on purpose. It come up, but I entertained it. I didn't cut it off. I went all the way looking at what we used to do. So now I repent, and I mean it. And I ask God, when this thing come back around, Father, don't let it find me in the same place. Don't let it find me where I'll be able to entertain it again. Given to us the ministry of reconciliation. 19 says, to wit, that God was in Christ, 
reconciling the world unto himself, not in putting their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He sent Jesus He sent Jesus to suffer, to die for the sins of the world, to wit that God was in Christ. God was in Jesus, reconciling the world unto himself, not in putting their transgressions unto them, unto us, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He sent Jesus. He was God in Jesus. He was God in Christ. He was God in his son. And he came and reconciled, did things so that we could receive him. And guess what? We we don't have to pay for the sin. Jesus did it already, but we must repent. And every time we find ourselves in error, every time we find ourselves doing wrong, we must come to God and repent. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The new you, the new me, the new you. We want to be new in him. We don't want to be with this old stuff. See, that old man had me bound. That old man had me smoking marijuana. That old man had me drinking liquor. That old man had me hanging out with the fellas. Me and I wasn't married to. And I liked all the fellas. But whichever of the ones I liked the most, them the ones I wanted to be with. I'm thinking to myself, now this is the flesh. I'm in bondage to sin. Who sleeps alone? Now, everybody sleeps with a partner. That was not true. That was my flesh. Thinking crazy. Because if God don't have my mind, who have it? If I'm not letting this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus, what kind of mind was in me? Before I allowed God to come in and save me. Before I went to the altar to, with him and said, I do. <laughs> Our glory to his majesty. 20 says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. Remember, we're the, the cattle that sit on the hill that can't be healed. Remember, we will what give the earth its savor. Anybody remember that? Going back to if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. We're new people. We're new creatures. We're the new creation of God. He, we was born again. He made us over. Now then we're ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. So kind of God didn't really beg, but he kind of, you know, kept at us about it. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. 21 says, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made Jesus to be sin for us. Everything we could imagine could ever be done, the molested, uh, the, the rapist, the murderer, the thief, the liar, the robber, the cheat, uh, everything you could ever imagine, he made that, he made Jesus be that 
sin for us who knew no sin. He, Jesus wasn't a sinner. He come in the flesh, but he wasn't a sinner. He did no wrong. Even when he went in the temple and threw them tables over and ran them out of there, he still didn't do wrong. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in Jesus, so that the world can see we can do this. We can live right before God if we choose to. We're the light of this world. How are you the light of the world doing old stuff? How are you the light of the world cussing like the world cuss? How are you the light of the world laying with men and women you're not married to like the world doing? Dressing like the world. Huh? Talking worldly. How are you like that? We got to go back to the old path as often as we can. Taking a look around and choosing God or you're going to choose your flesh. We in these last hours, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if God don't come back, tomorrow is not promised to you. What if you die today? Where will you spend eternity? I know they done told you some father novel, because that's what it was, some foolishness. But you heard the truth this morning, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and you're accountable. When the devil is moving in people's life in a certain ways, God is not, you're not making him the Lord of your life. He's not the God of your life. You in and out. You your flesh, God. Flesh, now, we got to get one way. God needs us to get one way. And that's his way, the truth and the life. We need to stay on our knees. Some folks try to be witty. They think they're so smart and come out looking like a fool. I'm telling you now. But when you stay on your knees before God and you ask God to keep you ever so humble before him and man and you love people and what you do, you do it from your heart. You pray unto my earnestly pray. Let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. Father, he only wanted to please you. He only wanted to please the Father. Help me to only want to please you. Help me to do what's pleasing and acceptable in your sight. If it's not pleasing and acceptable by you, I don't want to do it. But, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I need your help. Good morning, Brother Perry. God bless you this morning. So good to see you. Yes, sir. Yeah, we got to pray. We got to ask God for these things. We got to ask God to help us. Because I'm telling you, there's a way to seem right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Many times we honor God with our lips, but the heart be far from it. I'm talking about God in Jacksonville with my lips, but my heart over there in Mississippi. That's not going to work. No, that won't work. I got to do something different. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I got to do something different. If I want the real God, if I want to do what he said to do. Oh, they done fixed it up now. Oh, they done fixed it up now where you can uh, do anything you big enough to do and still be God. All you can do what you're big enough to do and still go back with him when he comes. The devil is a fool and a liar. 
and will make a fool and a liar out of you if you let him. But you got to let him do it. Yeah. Uh-uh. I can't hear you, devil. No, when you get to talking to me, I got to call on the name of Jesus. I'm telling my right quick, like, I got to call on the name of the Lord because that devil come to kill, steal, and destroy. And if I keep going on this route right here, let him talk to me, hey, guess what? He going to come in and take me after a while because I'm going to let him. Because he going to keep putting more and more and more and more stuff on me. Every now and then he tried to get me to look at my daughter that passed. You know, my daughter that went home to be with the Lord. Uh, no point in you showing me all of that about her. She went on to take her rest. And she's not coming back. All that haven't been done won't get done. And I don't have time for this. I flip the script and go to thinking about something else. I might, y'all got to know me. I don't have the world's greatest voice like Andrea Stenner, but guess what? I sings me something. <laughs> Ooh, I start to sing it. I'm living proof what the mercies of God. I'm going to sing me something. This morning when I rose, yeah, I didn't have no doubt. Uh, yeah, you got to keep something for him because he's going to continue to come. You resist him, he'll flee, but he's coming back. And sometimes he don't come, but he'll send a demon. And that thing look like what you want it to look like. And they come to talk to you. I, let me tell you, I was in Alabama one time, and you could count on me to go to church every Wednesday, every Friday, I was going to be there two times on Sunday, and you better know it. And I met this guy, and he worked at the bakery. I love cake, and you know I do. He bringing cakes to me. He said the cakes were $5 a piece. Oh, boy, a huge cake. That was up my alley. My kids can eat much of the cake as they want to, and I would be well satisfied with the cake, too. Pineapple cake, orange, all kinds. Oh, but the pineapple was my favorite, and the lemon. And he would just bring it. So one day he hollered at me. I said, oh, okay. Hey, can I come in and talk to you? Well, he had been bringing cake for a minute, so I felt all right. I let him in. So we talking. I'm talking to him about the Lord and everything. So one evening he came by and he said, look here. He said, I want to talk to you about uh, what you talked to me about the Lord and everything. I said, okay, come on in. We sitting there talking. Listen now, it was not this man. See, this is what the this is what the word of God is talking about when he said, My sheep know my voice, and a stranger he will not follow. We sitting there talking, he asking me questions, I'm answering the questions. He said this to me, Brother Perry. He said, I want that that you got. Listen, that was the devil now. That wasn't the man. That was the devil talking to me. And it come to me, the spirit of the Lord brought it to me, telling me he can't have what you got, but you're taking where he can get what you got. I said, listen, I said, you can't have what I got, devil. And then I caught myself. So I said, you can't have what I got. I said, but I'll take you where you can get it. 
He was like, okay, okay, I'm going to go with you. I said, yeah, come on. I ain't got no clothes to wear. I found him a pair of pants and a shirt. Y'all hear me? And he went to church and the bishop called him out. Yeah, he had been saved, but he backslid. That de- when I tell you that devil came for him, that devil came for him. Ooh, I can't tell y'all all of it, but that devil came for him. He was tall and attractive, bow-legged in one leg. Women know what I'm talking about. Men don't know about this, but women know what I'm talking about. Huh? And wore a big shoe, a big size shoe. Women know what I'm talking about. So that devil came to him. That devil came for him. Messed his mind up first. He done went and, and was saved. He done went to the altar and said, I do, and then backslid. Oh, that devil didn't like him. You done left me and went to God, and now you coming back to me? I'm going to really punish you. I'm going to really get you to do what I say do that's going to destroy you. Yeah, he ended up in prison with a lot of years. Oh, yeah, ended up in prison with a lot of years to do. Yeah. So we have to be careful. Watch as well as pray. Watch as well as pray. That's why he, he watched them words. Watch them words. People tell you something you think you want to hear or you think you need to hear, and guess what? It's the opposite of what you're thinking because the way it was worded. Yeah, they got away now. That devil is wickeder and wiser today. And I mean he's using people to bring the new wave, new age on in here, what they call the modern world, honey. Oh, my goodness. Touch this, click that, push this, push that. And the news is not news. It's a deceiver. The news is pollution. It's polluted. It's not the truth. They're not giving you the real news. They're giving you what by money because they know the spirit of raunchiness, evil, and all of that is in people. They can't get enough. The reason all these shows and all this evil and all this ugly stuff on TV is what the people wanted. They tested it. And when they seen how the people just gravitate to it and just want more and could never get enough, oh, well, let's give it to them then. Let's give them more and more. Before they, they didn't know how people would react to that, it and every old thing just wasn't on TV. Oh, it, it, it was bad, some stuff on TV. It always has been now because the devil is the prince of the air. But once they did it, the survey to figure out who liked it and how much they liked it, they found out, oh, just about everybody liked it. Oh, and they can't get enough of it. So they brought more and more. I don't watch regular TV. I can't. That thing had me crying and sobbing. I'm telling you the truth. I can't take it. I watch old movies. I like old stuff. 
the man come here to do some oh the uh insurance man uh inspector he came and because we got getting new homeowners insurance and thing and so he came and i was watching the beverly hill village in black and white he said whoa she went way back that time i don't watch anything on them I say I just happen to like them a little bit, and I watch them every now and then. A little bit of Andy Griffin, you know, a little bit of Gunsmoke, and them High Chaparral, Bonanza. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Them old timers, <laughs> them Alzheimer's. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This new wave stuff, I, I can't get it, sisters. And I'm like, what in the foolishness and the stuff that go on in the White House? Hey, look here, I don't want to know about that. Yeah, I'm praying against all of that. Now I'm going to watch it? No, no. Either I'm going to pray and let it go, or I'm going to not pray and just go on and watch it and be a part of it. Because I believe we are what we watch. Yeah, I believe we are what we watch. And with all the ungodly stuff going on, I I, I don't want to see that. And the news is ridiculous. Let me tell you. In my era, in the 60s, when I was able to really understand the news, I might have understood it early, 60s now, because I was born in 57. Listen, the men and, well, it was men back then that did the news. You know, they brought women in later, and I see why they took them so long, and they shouldn't have did it, if you ask me. But the men that did the news, they were dressed properly, professionally. Even the meteorologist, the weatherman, he dressed properly. Tie, hair intact, you know. Thank you, thank you, Rihanna. Thank you. Appreciate that. Oh, I miss you too, Sion. <laughs> yeah. But look what happened. They brought women in. Now, when the women first come in, they were, you know, they dressed professional. When they first come in, a decent dress or a decent suit, you know. Now, today, they doing the news looking like a hoochie mama. They dipped in the dresses. And I said, what, the, 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 the chest? Of, I said, wait a minute, what has happened? Child times change. But people shouldn't, human decency and human morals and common sense shouldn't. But all that's gone out the window. You can forget all of that. Yeah, they present to the world. I, I, I had children, young children, they couldn't watch the news. You're not going to see that. That's not the way you know. And I'm telling you, plus size women, Nobody want to see all of that. I promise you. But you, because you're thinking you're doing something. I'm being free. But the only way we should be free is in Jesus. And he ain't making us free to do what these worldly women does. No, he's not. Yeah. You got to watch as well as pray and protect today. That's why he said watch as well as pray, because you got to protect yourself, your family, your children. Men, if you're godly, you got to protect your family. 
And you can't come out with the child talking about because the child is full of folly. Well, my daughter, she want to do this because, you know, her friend's doing it and she don't want to feel out of place. Well, if her friend's doing that, I need her to choose some more friends. I'll snatch them from them. Yeah. I give her just enough rope that, you know, because you can't keep a too tight a rein on them, but you're teaching them all the way. You're training them all the way. If not, they're going to grow up and be what they get out the world because you didn't give them what they needed. But the world certainly will give them what they want them to have. Messed up. That's what it'll be for your child. You let them watch anything on TV. You watched it with them, matter of fact. Now they done grown up to be anything and you over here crying. Oh, you got to deal with it. You don't like it. But you created that monster. So you, who else going to deal with it, love it like you love it? Nobody. It don't belong to nobody but you and God. And you didn't give them God, you gave them the world and your flesh. So they're going to do what they do. And see, people don't like that truth or don't bring the truth, they'll switch the subject. You start speaking that truth, they're going to switch the subject. But they say they got God. And they say they love him. And they say they obey him. But Jesus is the way, the truth. T-R-O, what is it? Let me spell that right quick, because I, 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 I got confused for a second. T-R-U-T-H, truth. He's the way, the truth, and the light. And my light that shines in my darkness. And when I see that light, I open up, because I want to comprehend. I want to come out of darkness, all the way out, into this marvelous light. I want to be made whole. I want to be made over. I want to be that new creature in Christ. And I want to demonstrate it. I want to show it. I want to be that. It don't make me perfect. I'm still striving for perfection in him. I'm still striving every day to be like Jesus. But I'm serious about it. I don't have no talk. Because my lips and my heart got to line up together. What I say out of my mouth, I got to mean it from my heart. If not, God knows it's a lie. And he said, a liar won't tarry in his sight. Now, these are his words, not mine. You can't hold it. Well, you can. You can hold it against me if you choose to. But no need because it's not my word. I'm telling you what he said. Hallelujah. And it is already all right this morning in Jesus' name. Listen, I'm going to prayer, and uh, after prayer, I'm coming back with another request of the morning, and we're going to hear a testimony of the day. I didn't do the testimony first this morning. I got a little excited about the word, but we got to give in to God. What is wrong with fully giving in to God? People don't even know they're holding on to their flesh more. And making excuses. They got logic for it. They got this. They can explain this. But it's your flesh. That is not God, sugar foot. Honey bunny, that's not God. That's your flesh. And the flesh can't please God. He's a spirit. We must walk by faith and not by sight. You know, we, many have to know where they're going or they can't go. As long as God's blessing them, woo, 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 the minute he 
send them through a trial, boy, they break down. It's a meltdown for them. They depressed. How you get depressed in Jesus? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. How did you get depressed? You're not walking in the spirit. You in the flesh. That's how you got depressed. You took your eye off God and you put it on situations you've been through or you're going through or you think you may go through. He said if we keep our mind on him, he will keep us in perfect peace. Who keeping their mind on God and depressed? Who keeping their mind on God and go uh, uh, help the day, Lord Jesus? I want to kill somebody. But I can't want to kill nobody and I'm keeping my mind on God. Uh, me and Big John, I know he married to Carol, but me and Big John, we've been seeing each other five years and I just can't let go. What? In the foolishness? What in the nonsense? That's Carol's husband. Pray and ask God for you one to let Big John go. That's adultery. He said it. I didn't say it. all adulterers going to hell. Now, that's the word. That's not Barbara. I'm giving you the word this morning. I'm, I'm not giving you what I think, what I feel, what should have, could have, would have be. No, I'm telling you what God said this morning. It's the depression of heaviness, but heaviness of what, Brother Lewis, when you got your mind on God? How you heavy? He comes that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He'll give us abundant life. But back to this. Keep our mind on him. Do the things we're supposed to do in him. We got to study the word to know it. Let the word be in your heart that you might not sin against God. When any situation come up, remember the word of God. Remember God. But if you ain't been fellowshipping and communing, yeah, you'll be heavy, all right. You sure will. And you can't let it go. From one thing, you let this go, here come the next thing. Somebody was telling me about anxiety. How you got the spirit of God living in you and you got anxiety too? No, 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 no. No, 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 the devil tricking us all. He's trying to trick us all. I ain't got no anxiety. I don't have no depression. Because if I feel down, I'm calling on the name of Jesus. If I feel down, I'm going to God. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. <laughs> Go on, Louis. I ain't going to fool with you this morning. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he might be glorified. How did you get there, Louis? Read it now. How did you get there? How did you get there? How did you get there? And where are you? Where are you? <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're grateful unto him. I tell you, today we make these choices. 
Yeah, we have choices to make. I promise you. Now, if I want to be down and depressed, I can. I can go back and think about I got a number behind my name. I can go back and think about the job I would have got if I didn't get the number behind my name. Ah, boy, I can go back and think about my children. I can think about my grandchildren, where my son divorced my good daughter-in-law. I I can go on and on and on and on. And when I get through, I'm going to be heavy. I'm going to be not only heavy, I'm going to be depressed and ready to kill myself. But if I speak to me, And I can tell me this. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. What's wrong with you today? Is it that you don't believe God's word? He said you the head and not the tail. Do you believe that or you don't believe it? He said you are above and not beneath. Now that's what he said. Do you believe him? You believed him when you wanted that car. You believed him when you wanted a house. So you're not going to believe him for this. See, we we, 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 we we come up with too many excuses. And let me tell you something. These new wave, new age people and the devil are coming and help you with all of it now. Shake the devil off today. Stand. And after standing, stand some more. We're standing on the word of God. Yeah. He said, look, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Bind it up. But folk got to want to let them demons go. They got to want to let their depression go. They got to let want to let them familiar spirits go. Now I'm telling you. To proclaim liberty, which is freedom, to the captives. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. God can set free. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness the planning of the Lord, that he might be glorified. See, this is what I was thinking. I was thinking them was unsaved people. I wasn't thinking they were believers. Yeah. That's that, That's what I figured. The people of God, I, I'm talking about them that got a spirit living in them, not Lewis. Y'all going to tell me the Holy Ghost going to let you be depressed, the Holy Spirit of God he in you and he allowing you to be depressed? No, you allowing your flesh to do more than you're allowing God. Yeah, that's what all of this is. And see, people go with that. They 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 fought all of that. No, I know God is stronger than any heaviness, any depression. He'll send the preacher. And look, Lord, he sent it, but they don't want it. He sent it, but they don't like the truth. They'd rather believe a lie than the truth. I'm just telling you. God is faithful. No man is faithful. God is faithful. I go to God for what I need. I'm running over there to my bishop. 
to my pastor talking about nothing. I got that mediator. I got the one between me and God. I got Jesus Christ. I don't really need Bishop Dole's in there. I appreciate his prayers. I appreciate his teachings. I appreciate his encouragement. But I need Jesus today. Anybody need Jesus? Because that's who I need. And I need to carry my petition to the Father. And I believe because he that begotten son, the only begotten son, and he take that petition to the Father, I believe not only the Father here, but he answers. He moves concerning that petition that the son, the mediator, Jesus Christ, brought to him. Today, I hope I fail. Because if I fail, God going to win. If I fail, God going to come up. And I want him to come up in me. Time out for this stuff. I'm telling you, time is winding up. It's not about this life we live in right here, right now. Yeah. It's appointed unto man once to die. After death comes the judgment. When God comes back, what will your judgment be? Will he say, depart from me, I don't know you? Or will he say, welcome, come on in? Well done, that good and faithful servant. We don't go there. We don't think that. We think going to church and doing church work and talking about God. No, it, it, it's more than that. We got to live this life. We got to live this word he talked about. I pray for many. The spirit of depression upon you. But many don't keep it off them. They go right back to it. It's a familiar place. They're comfortable there. They can't forget the past. They can't forgive themselves. It's a lot in there. But I'm going I'm to I'm open the word. Whatever God's word says concerning me, that's what I want. I don't want nothing but that. Because even the word has power. Apostle Paul taught me that it had power to save me, the word of God. Hallelujah. And God here now a prayer. Our problem is patience. That we, we don't have enough of. We pray at 10 o'clock. We think God should move by 5 after 10. No, that don't work like that. Sometimes he may not move for 5 years after 10. Okay. 5 years later, 5 minutes after 10. Yeah. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heaven is from the earth, that's how different we are from God. But we have that mediator. Those of us that come to him, believing is the key. If you must believe, you must believe, you must believe that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. That devil come, you got to seek God. And then he gave us power, love, and a time. Speak to it. Tell your situation what it's not going to be. Tell your situation what you want. I don't care who it is and what it is. You tell it what you want it to be. When I plant a seed, I tell my seed what I want it to do. I'll sign it to what I want. Many days I pray for you and I tell God what I want for you. After I done prayed out loud for you, I go back and tell him what I really want for you. It may take him some time because my time is not his time. Your time is not his time. But when he get through, he's going to give you what I ask him to give you. If it's at all possible, if that's what you really want. Because we say a lot of things that don't mean it. But I promise you, with God, the proof must be in the pudding. 
Either we tell the truth or we liars with him. It's nothing in between. No maybe, good, should. No, no, no. It's up or down, over or under, yes or no, right or wrong with God. Nothing in it. No maybe. Yeah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. Listen, I'm going to one more song of the morning, one more request. And um, I got one more scripture I want to go to and uh, share that with you this morning. And uh, it's already all right today in Jesus' name. I'm going to this one.
This is the kind of radio you need. Yes, Jesus is a morning radio. Old radio for real people. I used to have a happy family, and my husband was really good to me. We opened a family restaurant that did pretty well. Our friends and relatives all admired us. But confusingly, I always felt so empty inside. Every day felt exactly the same as the last, like there was no meaning in life. But I had no idea what the right way to live was. Then, in late 2010, I had a difficult labor and ended up hemorrhaging. The doctor said I was in critical condition. And my mom, really scared, whispered into my ear, Honey, pray to Almighty God. So I grabbed a hold of that like a lifeline and called on Almighty God in my heart to save me. Before long, the bleeding stopped. I knew that God had given me a second chance at life, and I thanked him from the heart. I started reading God's words every day from then on and had gatherings, fellowshipping with brothers and sisters often. Over time, I learned that God created man and that everything man has comes from God. We have to have faith and worship God and do a creed being duty to find the meaning in life. I took on a duty of spreading the gospel, and every day felt really fulfilling. My family hadn't accepted Almighty God, but they weren't opposed to my faith. Oh, and when did they start standing in the way of you practicing your faith? Oh, um, in late 2012, uh, the Communist Party was going crazy with their suppression and arrest of members of the Church of Almighty God, and they were fabricating all sorts of rumors to slander the Church. Lots of radio and television stations were disseminating these lies. Starting then, my husband would make a face and sulk when I came back from a gathering. Uh, one day around lunchtime, I went to the restaurant after a gathering and saw that look on his face. As soon as he saw me, he grabbed me and dragged me over to the TV and said, look at this God you believe in. I saw that they were broadcasting Communist Party slanders and rumors about the Church of Almighty God that were absolutely baseless and complete lies. I got really angry at him, turned around and said, the news is full of lies. These are just rumors made up by the party. They hate God and fight against him all the time. And they've brutally persecuted religion since coming to power. How could you believe anything they say against the church? That's right. After being in business all these years, we've seen plenty. So it's not like you don't know what this government, what this party is like. The Communist Party has fabricated all sorts of false accusations and fake reports. It's common during the Cultural Revolution and just in more recent years. There was the June 4th incident and the suppression of the Tibetan protests, etc., what they always do is make up lies to make a group look bad and whip up outrage. Then comes a violent crackdown. It's the same with the Church of Almighty God. This is the party's usual tactic for eradicating dissent. Besides, brothers and sisters have held gatherings in our home while you were there. You saw we just gather and read God's words, fellowship on the truth, and sing hymns. 
Is it anything like what the party is saying? When you put it like that, how did your family respond? Uh, they were too thoroughly taken in by the Communist Party's lies. So they were deaf to what I was saying. They kept berating me, saying I should just live a nice life instead of believing that if the government says you can't have faith and give it up. They said if I kept going to gatherings, they'd smash my electric scooter so I couldn't get there. They just wanted to keep me at home. It really didn't bother me too much at first. I thought they were just being taken in by those lies for the moment. And they were angry out of concern for me that it would all blow over in a few days. But things weren't really quite that simple. There were more lies being broadcast on TV and the internet attacking and defaming the Church of Almighty God. And there were lots of reports of believers being arrested. And my family clamped down on me even more when they saw this. Trying to get me to give up my faith, my husband tore my book of God's words and broke the MP3 player I used to listen to hymns. He also repeated all the Communist Party's lies to all our neighbors, so I couldn't share the gospel with them. They believed the lies just as him and treated me like a leper. My husband's behavior was really shocking for me. He'd always been so kind to me. How could he change so dramatically? After years of marriage, how could he be so devoid of understanding and respect? Time went on, and he was constantly on my case, blaming everything that went wrong at home on me and my faith. When business slowed down, he blamed my faith. He wouldn't let me into the restaurant, saying I'd bring bad luck. His parents were always making faces and berating me and banging things around in anger. They kept me from going out. And the moment I took a step outside, they were calling me, asking where I was, who I was with. I was kept under their watch during that time. I couldn't read God's words or contact brothers and sisters. I didn't have any personal freedom whatsoever. This was really trying for me. And I was wondering why having faith was so hard, why it was such a struggle, when I wouldn't have to live that way anymore. Sometimes I thought I could stop going to gatherings and doing my duty just for the meantime. But I felt that I wouldn't be in line with God's will. I was in pain and urgently said a prayer, asking God to guide me. Then a passage of God's words occurred to me. Today, most people do not have that knowledge. They believe that suffering is without value. The world casts them out. Their home life is troubled. They do not please God. And their future is bleak. Some people suffer to such an extreme that they think of death. This is not true love for God. Such people are cowards and have no perseverance. They are weak and powerless. During these last days, you must bear testimony to God. No matter how great your suffering, you must walk to the end. And even at your last breath, you must be faithful to God and at the mercy of God. Only this is truly loving God, and only this is the strong and resounding testimony. 
Amen. I was really moved as I gave this some thought. I realized that it wasn't God's will to have me suffer, but to perfect my faith through this oppression and hardship so I would have the chance to bear witness for God. I couldn't yield to Satan because I was afraid of suffering, but I had to have faith in God and stay on the path no matter how hard it was and bear a strong and resounding witness. Thank God. I heard your husband got violent with you to make you give up your faith. Mm. Yeah, that day when I got home from a gathering, he really tore into me. He was yelling, what are you doing preaching to restaurant guests? Everyone's talking about you being a believer. How could you humiliate me like this? You've seen what they're saying on TV. If you keep on like this, you'll be arrested. I saw he was getting more and more agitated, so I didn't say anything, just went inside my room. What I saw there stunned me. He had ripped up my book of God's words, the floor covered with paper. My father-in-law came over, and the moment he walked in, he said, we wanted our son to get married to have a nice life. This family would be ruined if you're arrested for your faith. Either give up your faith or get a divorce. Then he said blasphemous things. Seeing his face contorted with rage, I couldn't hold my own anger back and cut him off. Dad, since marrying into your family, I've only treated you with respect. I've never been angry or argued with you. If I failed in my duty to this family, then you have the right to reprimand me. But there's nothing wrong with my faith, and you shouldn't stand in my way or blaspheme God. Before I could finish, he got a look on his face and shouted, What's wrong with having my say about your God? I don't believe I can't handle you. As he said that, he pulled on my clothing, trying to drag me to the police station. But I yanked myself free. Seeing how determined I was and that I wasn't about to budge, he left in a huff. Right after that, I heard a thud. And just as I was turning around, my husband came at me and he smacked me in the face sending me flying to the ground. I was seeing stars. My ears were ringing, and my face was burning with pain. My mind was entirely blank. It really shocked me that he'd do that. We'd been together for nearly 10 years, and we'd never even argued. But he hit me that day because of my faith. Looking at him, I felt like he was a stranger. As if he'd lost his mind, he forcefully dragged me up off the floor, pressed me up against the wall, and said fiercely, I'm telling you, we're settling this today. Either you give up your faith or we're getting divorced right away. Tell me, will it be your God or me? Do you want your faith or this family? While talking, he was banging me against the wall. Seeing that face I knew so well becomes so demonic. I responded calmly, I choose my faith. Enraged, he dragged me onto the bed and wrapped his hands tightly around my neck. I couldn't breathe and I wanted to get away, but he was too strong. There was no way I could fight him off. As I struggled to get any air, I became really afraid. 
and thought, I'm probably going to die this way today. Just then, my three-year-old son woke up. He got up and started calling Mama, Mama. Seeing my husband choking me, he started to hit him and push him, desperately trying to burrow into my arms. Seeing this, my husband let go and said to me viciously, if it hadn't been for our son, you would have died at my hands today. He left and I thought over what had just happened. It was so chilling. My faith threatened his personal interests, so he was ready to raise a hand to choke me to death. Isn't that demonic? The more he hit me, the more I saw what kind of person he was, and the more I wanted to follow God till the end. Amen. Amen. My mother-in-law came to see me the next day and said right as she walked in, could you just stop believing in God? I know that having faith is a good thing, but it means the party will arrest you and do terrible things to you. What do you say? I said, Mom, you know how difficult my childbirth was, and the doctor said it was critical. It was Almighty God who saved both me and my son. Why do you think I'm keeping my faith, even if I do get arrested? Because Almighty God is the one true God who created all things. And he's the savior who's come back to save mankind. Disasters are getting bigger and bigger, and only God can save people. I am walking with God, and if I am arrested and suffer, it will be temporary. That would be better than going to hell with Satan. She responded, I understand what you're saying. But as a woman, you have to take care of your child and consider your husband. Your son is so little. Can you really bear to toss him aside like that? Hearing this made me want to cry, but no tears came and I thought, is it me tossing him aside? It's coming this party, arresting and persecuting believers. It's your son believing the party's lies and insisting on a divorce and tearing this family apart. How can you blame this on my faith? But looking at her, with a full head of white hair, a pained look on her face, and thinking about my son being taken away from his mother at such a young age, I felt more and more miserable, and I started to feel weak at that time. How were you able to get out of that state? Um, at the time, I didn't know what to do. I silently called out to God, asking him to guide me. A passage of his words came to mind. In every step of work that God does within people, externally it appears to be interactions between people, as if born of human arrangements or from human interference. But behind the scenes, every step of work and everything that happens is a wager made by Satan before God, requiring people to stand testimony for God. Take when Job was tried, for example. Behind the scenes, Satan was making a bet with God. And what happened to Job was the deeds of men and the interference of men. Behind every step of work that God does in you, there is a wager between Satan and God. Behind it all is a battle. When God and Satan do battle in the spiritual realm, how should you satisfy God? And how should you stand firm in your testimony to him? You should know 
that everything that happens to you is a great trial from God and the time when God needs you to bear testimony. I thought about God's words and I saw on the surface everything happening looked like it was people standing in my way, but Satan's tricks were behind it all. Satan was using my family to impede me, to disturb me, using my feelings for my son and family members to threaten me, trying to get me to betray God and lose my chance at salvation. I knew I couldn't fall for Satan's tricks, but I had to have faith in God, stand witness and humiliate Satan. And so I said to my mother-in-law, man was created by God, so we should have faith and worship him. Besides, my life was given by God, So no matter what happens, I will follow God till the end. Don't try to convince me otherwise. She shook her head, then turned around and walked off. That night, my husband found out I was still reading God's words and got really angry. He said, you have the nerve to do this? Don't you know that this will get you thrown in jail? Don't you care if you live or die? If you don't care, that's fine, but leave me and our child out of it. If I'd known you'd become a believer, I never would have married you in the first place. Then he shoved me out the front door and said hatefully, if you keep on with this God stuff, you are no longer welcome in my home. Then he slammed the door shut and locked it. Seeing my husband being so heartless, and hearing my son calling for me so distraught, my heart was about to break. It was late, after 2 a.m., and I didn't have any money on me. I wondered if that time I really was leaving home and leaving my son for good. I didn't know what to do, and I felt so incredibly forlorn as I thought about it. I realized I had my phone on me, so I called my mom. The moment I heard the sound of her voice, the tears poured freely down my face, and the pain and grievances I'd been stifling so long all came welling up. Holding back the sound of her own crying, she said, Honey, calm down. He wouldn't take you this far to abandon you. Just believe in him and lean on him. With my mom comforting and encouraging me, telling me to believe in God and trust him, I felt my faith return. The next day, cold and hungry, I was wandering aimlessly through the streets, And I just happened to bump into a sister. She took me back to her house and read me a couple passages of God's words to help me understand what I was going through. Almighty God says in a dark society such as this, where the demons are merciless and inhumane, how could the king of devils who kills people without batting an eye tolerate the existence of a God who is lovely, kind, and also holy? How could it applaud and cheer the arrival of God? These lackeys, they repay kindness with hate. They have long since disdained God. They abuse God. 
They are savage in the extreme. They have not the slightest regard for God. They plunder and pillage. They have lost all conscience. They go against all conscience. And they tempt the innocent into senselessness. Forefathers of the ancient, beloved leaders, they all oppose God. Their meddling has left all beneath heaven in a state of darkness and chaos. Religious freedom, the legitimate rights and interests of citizens, they are all tricks for covering up sin. Why put up such an impenetrable obstacle to the work of God? Why employ various tricks to deceive God's folk? Where is the true freedom and the legitimate rights and interests? Where is the fairness? Where is the comfort? Where is the warmth? Why use deceitful schemes to trick God's people? Why use force to suppress the coming of God? Why not allow God to freely roam upon the earth that he created? Why hound God until he has nowhere to rest his head? God is going to awaken these people, heavily burdened with suffering, to rouse them till they are fully awake and to make them walk out of the fog and reject the great red dragon. They will wake from their dream, recognize the substance of the great red dragon, become able to give their whole heart to God, rise up from the oppression of the dark forces, stand up in the east of the world and become proof of God's victory. Only in this way will God gain glory. Amen. God's words helped me understand. God has become flesh and come to earth in the last days, working and expressing the truth in order to cleanse and save man. The Communist Party is afraid everyone will accept the truth and follow God and be saved by him, and they'll be free of the party's control. That's why they madly suppress and arrest believers and create all sorts of lies to condemn and slander the Church of Almighty God, deceiving and inciting people, getting them to deny and resist God along with them. It's detestable. My family was only treating me that way because they'd been fooled by the Communist Party. The party uses all these lies to pull the wool over people's eyes so that everyone will fight against God with them and end up punished in hell. That was Satan's ruse. At that point, it became crystal clear to me that the Communist Party is just a pack of demons that fights God, harms people, and swallows them whole. I knew I couldn't fall for their tricks. And no matter what my family did to me, I could never betray God. But I had to keep following him and doing my duty. I heard that your husband got your family to try to pressure you into giving up your faith later on. He called up some relatives and friends from my hometown. And then they called me and passed the phone around, grilling me in turn. My brother said, You can do anything at such a young age. It has to be believing in God. You're a housewife, so having kids and taking care of the family is your responsibility. Why bother with believing God? If you do, the party will arrest you and throw you in jail. We're just regular people. How can we possibly fight it? My aunt took the phone and said, Have you lost your mind? A perfectly good home shouldn't be broken up by your faith. Don't you care about your family? You are being incredibly hard-headed. Another aunt yelled at me. You haven't been married that long, and your son is still so little. If you end up in prison, what will happen to him? 
Just take my advice. This is for your own good. Then my older brother grabbed the phone and added, if you insist on this, he's going to divorce you. Don't even think about coming back home. We'll cut off ties with you. Even my 80-year-old grandma said, as she was crying into the phone, you can't do this. What if you're arrested? You must listen to me. We want the best for you. After hanging up, I felt really awful. There were so many things I wanted to say to them. You say it's for my own good, but is that really the case? I would have died long ago if Almighty God hadn't saved me. So would I even be here today? Who is really breaking up this perfectly good home? Who is really tearing apart this family? It's the Communist Party, not me. Absolutely. The Communist Party arrests and persecutes believers, but instead of hating the party, they stand on its side oppressing me, trying to get me to betray God, even threatening to cut off all ties and disown me. How could they not know right from wrong? Do they really want the best for me? What kind of family were they? My life was bestowed by God. What's wrong with me doing my duty to repay God's love? What was wrong with having faith and taking the right path in life? For a few days, my family called me and lectured me nonstop. I really was in agony. So I was urgently praying to God and asking him to watch over my heart. In the end, I kept going to gatherings and doing my duty. Mm -hmm. Did your family go along with that? My husband gave me a divorce agreement he had drawn up himself and said, if you're keeping your faith, let's get a divorce. You won't be allowed to see our son after we separate. If you're willing to stop believing in Almighty God, I'll act as if nothing ever happened. I picked it up and took a look. I would be left with none of our assets, no part of our business, no part of our property, and he would have custody of our son. I would be walking away empty-handed. But if I didn't agree to the divorce, he would turn my mom and me into the police, reporting us as almighty God-believers. I saw he had planned all of this long before, secretly transferring everything we owned so when we got a divorce, we wouldn't have any shared assets. Looking at the divorce agreement in my hands, I was thrown into a crisis once again. If I signed that paper, that would mean I was leaving that home and couldn't see my son again. He was so little, I couldn't part with him. I was in utter agony. I desperately called out to God, asking him to guide me so that I could stand strong. Then I thought of this from God's words. While undergoing trials, it is normal for people to be weak or to have negativity within them or to lack clarity on God's will or their path for practice. But in any case, you must have confidence in the work God carries out and not deny God, just like Job. In your experience, no matter what refinement you undergo through God's words, what God requires of mankind in brief is their faith and their love for him. 
What he perfects by working in this way is people's faith, love, and aspirations. You must suffer hardship for the truth. Give yourself to it. And you must endure humiliation for it. And to gain more of the truth, you must undergo more suffering. This is what you should do. You must not throw away the truth for the sake of a peaceful family life. And you must not lose your life's dignity and integrity for the sake of momentary enjoyment. You should pursue all that is beautiful and good. And you should pursue a path in life that is more meaningful. Amen. Amen. These words from God comforted and encouraged me. And they gave me a path of practice. I realized that my husband's threatening divorce was something God was allowing to happen. I thought of when Job was being tested. Everything he owned was taken from him, and all his children died overnight. He was sitting in a pile of ashes covered with boils. Even his wife rejected him, and his friends mocked him and judged him. But in the face of all this suffering, He still praised God, saying, Jehovah gave, and Jehovah has taken away. Blessed be the name of Jehovah. And only that is true faith. As for me, I had vowed solemnly, resolutely telling God that no matter what, I would follow him till the end. But faced with my husband's threat of divorce, I was stuck in negativity and weakness. That wasn't genuine faith in God. I also thought about how ever since he'd heard the party's lies, not only had he ripped up my book of God's words, but he had been violent with me, nearly leaving me dead. Yes. Afraid of being implicated because of my faith, he not only wanted to get a divorce, but leave me without a penny and keep me away from my son. He was going to turn me in if I didn't agree. What kind of husband was that? Wasn't he more like a demon? Absolutely. I remembered something God said. Believers and unbelievers are not compatible. Rather, they are opposed to one another. I saw that my husband was threatening me with divorce because he'd listened to the Communist Party and he hated God. Although we were husband and wife, he was following the party on a path to hell that's anti-God. I was on the path of following God to gain the truth and eternal life. Believers and unbelievers are on completely different paths. I knew I couldn't let him hold me back anymore. The more he oppressed me, the more determined I was to follow God, stand witness, and shame Satan. So, I said to him, I agree to the divorce. Thanks be to God. That was actually an emancipation for you. Thank God. Until the day we went to finalize the divorce, I couldn't help but feel some anxiety over being left with nothing after the divorce. How would I get by after my divorce? Thinking about how incredibly hard I'd worked for the sake of our home and our business over the years, only to end up with nothing. It was really hard to come to terms with. 
Then I thought of God's words. For my sake, are you able to forego considering, planning, or preparing for your future path of survival? This question from God really put me to shame. Everyone says that hardship tests sincerity, and when I encountered a bit of difficulty, I just thought about my personal interests. Was that true faith in God? I was entirely in God's hands, so I was determined to give myself to him fully and stop worrying about my way out. I was willing to submit to his arrangements. After we'd signed all the papers, I asked him, why were you determined to get a divorce? He said, my cousin told me that the government has issued confidential documents stating believers in Almighty God are high priority criminals and any party member found having a believer in their family will be kicked out of the party. Any civil servants will be fired. Their children won't get into university. Their parents' pensions will be canceled. Their family assets will be confiscated. A criminal's family used to be implicated for nine generations, and now all the relatives of a believer in Almighty God are implicated. That's why I need to let go of you to protect everyone else. Otherwise, my older brother will be kicked out of the party. I was so angry when I heard him say that. God has come to save mankind, which is such a wonderful thing and a blessing for all of humanity. But the Communist Party is madly fighting against God and hates God. It's using every despicable means to interrupt and destroy God's work, and it will stop at nothing. They're a pack of murderous, cold-blooded demons. I really saw the face of the great red dragon and was no longer fooled by it. I resolved to do my duty well to repay God's love and bring shame to Satan. After that, I left my home and continued doing my duty of spreading the gospel. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.
Spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, this morning, that was a wonderful testimony right there that she gave. I'm sorry, Brother Lua, it did it on its own. It went low for some reason. But uh, thank God this morning. Okay, all right. We're praying for sharing. We're praying for sharing. And uh, we're going to pray out this morning. We have about five minutes left. So we're going to pray out. Pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Good morning to everybody, Sister uh, Irene, and good morning to you, Sister Rita and Sister Jerry. God bless you this morning. I saw Sister Andrea Spinner earlier and a few others. And she come to town last Saturday. 
uh, to visit me, Sister Andrea Stenner. We had a wonderful time on Saturday. We rolled out to Jacksonville and got a few things to eat and come back and talked a little bit more. So it was just wonderful. All right, Brother Lewis, we're going to pray and pray out. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for all that has been said and done. Thank you for what you're doing right now, what you're going to do, Father, and what you've done already. As we depart this morning, bless our going out and our coming in. Father, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Bless your people today. And Lord, let the words sink in them. And God, let them be comfortable, confident in you and your word. In the name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, August the 1st, 2022, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. Have a blessed day. We're going to the last song of the morning. Little small house, big family Seven kids and I'm the baby But I'm grown now And I'm like, praise the Lord Cause everything I've been praying for Is finally knocking on my door And it's so, so loud And I'm gonna take it Woo. I told y'all I'm gonna make it And when I
I talk to God. You say prayers all day. There is a big difference between saying prayers and praying. you're here. You're back. Yeah. Leilan and Mom came to help with the rice this morning. Mom's here too? Yeah. Uh, are you tired? No, I'm fine. Here, let me. Dad! Hey! You're home! Can you, in just two years, you've gotten so tall. Of course I have. <laughs> Mom. Still healthy? Very. I heard many believers were arrested in Jiangsu. I was worried about you. Mom, I'm fine. <laughs> Good. Then let's clean up and eat. Okay. Okay. Mingyi, help me with this. Mingyi. Yes? I heard that you'll be doing church work with Brother Song. Yeah. What duty do you have now? Me? Yeah. I'm the watering deacon. <laughs> That's great. You used to have an arrogant disposition. Have you managed to change a little? Of course. <laughs> Everyone can change. You're right. <laughs> Your sister really has changed these past two years. Mingyi. Yes? You must have learned a lot from the last few years. Yeah. In doing church work... I felt I lacked a lot in using truth to solve problems. I couldn't see things clearly, and I couldn't fellowship well. I finally saw that I don't have realities. I see. I spoke empty words of doctrine before. Mm -hmm. I've realized that we can't accomplish anything without the truth. Right. Hey, so how is everyone doing? Are they making progress? Currently, the brothers and sisters are anxious. They see they don't have realities, and they worry they'll be punished in the disaster. Hmm. Do you have a path for guiding them into the realities of truth? We can only carefully read God's words with them and focus on practicing the truth. This is the most direct path. Well said.
finish harvesting your rice? Not yet.